0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Agent Mastermind Podcast. I am Emmett Dempsey with Treasure Coast Mortgage and I decided to start doing these uh, masterminds that have kind of rolled into a podcast because I think uh, it's the up and coming medium where people listen to information. I know that's where I listen to a lot of information uh, for folks in my industry, in the mortgage industry. Uh, is very key. And on today's episode, we're going to talk with Richard McKinney, uh, with the uh, McKinney team at, uh, formerly Atlantic, Atlantic Shores Realty for a lot of years. He just opened a Remax, uh, franchise, a Remax Gold in Port Zenosi, Florida. Uh, so, uh, Rich and I go, go way back. We used to coach football together back in the day, and he's a realtor that doesn't even really use me. Um, so my, uh, you know, I'm not just about bringing all my, my realtor friends on, on this podcast. It's about bringing people who are the best in their fields, in their particular areas. And uh, one day I hope to talk to every top agent uh, throughout the country. That's kind of my, lo- my long-term goal. So if you're a, an agent and you're interested in being on the podcast, I'd really love to you help, uh, you know, share your information, your knowledge uh, with your fellow realtors, uh, if you, even if you can help just one realtor, uh, you know, take action on, on those tips, uh, that'd be awesome. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the podcast coaching over at, uh, was it PSLAA? Yes, sir.
1: I remember, uh, looking, I think we, I was in right field coaching a football team and you were probably right center, center field, right? Yep.
0: Hey. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Talk about the good old days. So, yes, sir. Uh, so I've been in business here since 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually it was December of 1998 when I I started in real estate and um, I basically moved here from Atlanta. I had a, a girl that I was dating at the time, turned out to become my wife, and her parents had moved here uh, from Atlanta. They moved to Port St. Lucie, and I came down visiting and I just fell in love with the area. I loved to fish. And uh, so I said, you know, hey, why don't we move to Port St. Lucie? A crazy idea. And mm-hmm. uh, Decided to get my real estate license and jump in. So that's how I got here. Uh, long story after that. <laughs> yeah,
0: very good, very good. Well, uh, you, know, you and I had a little a little, uh, little pregame, you know, uh, last week in which very interesting stories. Um, you know, notably, like you you uh, came from came from Atlanta, and uh, you you said you hear a lot of uh, what your dad used to tell you about about folks in sales.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So. My father
1: owned a trucking company and it wasn't a glamorous trucking company. Let's put it that way. He had nine to 12 old rundown tractor trailers and my dad kind of did it all. He would work on the trucks and hire and fire and unload track uh, trailers and uh, just did everything around there. And occasionally a salesperson would pull up in the uh, parking lot and walk in the front of the offices. And uh, my mother would send who my mother ran the front offices. So she would send them to the warehouse to talk to my dad. And my dad would be nice to him and uh, would politely say, you know, we're not hiring a salesperson. And when they would leave, my dad would always make a comment. And say, uh, you know, no one wants to work anymore. They all want to be salespeople. <laughs> and I had two older brothers that were. 10 and 13 years older than me and they would laugh, yeah no one wants to work anymore. Well me, I thought hell I don't want to work anymore. I would like to be a salesperson mm-hmm. you know and so um, but in the last few years, the one thing and actually I realized it right away is sales is hard. it, it is hard it's it's tough it's stressful. it's not for the faint of heart. but my father, back then was right. Nobody wants to work anymore. They didn't want to work then and they sure as hell don't want to work now. And they don't even want to work in sales. They want to be influencers. Or they want to they want to make videos or they want mm-hmm. they want to sidetrack the process and try to make find alternative means, anything to escape actually selling and that, that's just something that doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with uh, the future of the real estate business, and you know that's a large reason why I am, you know, uh, decided to move forward and, and open my own office.
0: You know, yeah, so yeah. yeah, Just like I said, you just opened a Remax. You know, it doesn't happen every day. You know, so to tell us, say, you know, what brought you because you, you had an established brand. People knew who Rich McKinney team is. You know, what do you feel? What do you feel you needed to go to Remax and what what they're bringing and and talk about all that journey.
1: Well, I had been uh, contemplating you know opening an office for some time, and I had been recruited by other local offices here and there, not so much in the last four or five years, but I'd really really been approached by brands, wanting me to open a franchise. different different ones, you know, not just Remax, a lot of the smaller smaller brands, but What really made me uh, choose Remax was when I looked at going independent as opposed to going to a brand, the uh, brand recognition and everything that comes along with it, especially the technology. If I went as an independent, I would be piecing together technology. And I find that a lot of independents nowadays, and, and a lot of agents that work for some of the independents, and even some of the smaller franchises are really piecing together technology. Remax isn't, isn't like that. It it has the technology, but even more than that, everybody knows Remax. It is by far and above the most recognized brand. They sell more real estate than anybody else. And I'm the best and I want to be the best. So I want to surround myself with the best. And that's just why I did it. It, And it, it just made sense. And then, when um, I found this property for sale over on US-1, I'd always had my mind, my eye on this property. When it came to sale, it was just the right fit. Buy the property, move the team over, and then expand and grow. And so that's that's really the – that was the whole very premise good. behind
0: it. Well, very good. You know, um one thing, and getting back to your point about you know, salespeople and working, you know, and how we've come full circle, and uh, you had, before real estate, you were actually in the securities business. You work for Bear Stearns, and uh, you had told me about a lot of story about leads going through the country. and Can you, you, you expand a little bit about that?
1: So, yes, yeah, so I started uh, in the. Uh, I wanted to be a stockbroker,
0: mm-hmm. so uh,
1: in you know, my early twenties, actually, I was twenty years old. I started working for Bear Stearns. Who at the time was the oldest, most profitable firm on Wall Street? <clears throat> they happened to go out of business during the uh, Great Recession. But um, I uh, I started basically in their mailroom and worked my up, my way up to uh, being a licensed broker, and I began my career cold calling. Mm. And we would call Dun and Bradstreet leads, which would were in boxes, twenty pound boxes and They would write on the outside of the box, you know, New York, Rhode Island, East. They'd start with the East Coast and go all the way to the West Coast. And we'd start 7.30 a.m. smiling Mm -hmm. and dialing. And that's where I learned to call and prospect. I learned the value
0: of prospect. Basically, these are giant boxes of paper. You take a a piece of paper, go on the next one.
1: Yeah, the old days, it it was a box of paper. They were basically... They were, they were by a company called Dunn and Bradstreet. Dunn and Bradstreet is still around. You get an index card and it have the name of the company, the name of the president, phone number, secretary's name and number in a lot of cases. And you would pick up the phone and call them and uh, try to see if they were in the market to buy some real estate. It was really old school prospect. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took that. When I came down here and got into the real estate business, that's what I did. I used to cold call. But... Um, It works. And then lately in the last couple of years, that's kind of come back where there's a lot of agents that are out there that we make 150 phone calls a day. They only speak to two people, but they make (laughs) 150 phone calls a day. And uh, I I don't do that anymore. Um, I think that that's old and antiquated. Plus nobody, I don't care who you are. You do not like to get a cold call. Back when I was doing it, a cold call was a welcomed interruption. Mm-hmm. Think about people in the nineties and early two thousands, the cell phones were, you know, I mean, some people had them, but everybody had a landline, and they were working. If they got a phone call, it's like, God, oh, like, everybody likes to talk on the phone yeah, all day long. They like talking on the phone. So it, it was okay. You know, I'd call somebody and say, Hey, it's Richard McKinney. Mm-hmm. I'm calling because I just sold a house in your neighborhood. And well, that, that was great. They wanted to talk to you. Nowadays, first of all, you 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 can't get landline numbers. No one has a landline. It's hard to get the phone numbers.
0: Everything's but
1: you're gonna uh, you're gonna uh, spend a lot of time making calls, and it's just not a big uh, big return on my time. And um, there's a lot better
0: technology nowadays. There is. yeah, that, that was basically I had to tell a story, but basically show where we you really came from and where we are now, and how even though it's easier to contact people, sometimes people just don't want to put in that work. I mean, I, for me, I think uh, pick up the phone still works, but you have to reach different demographics differently, You mainly text messaging, uh, revolutionize things. Well, um, well, we use the phone a lot,
1: yeah, but we're we're calling people that contact us. And uh, listen, if you're an Asian out there. And you want to base your business on cold calling, go ahead, Mr. Blockbuster. <laughs> stay on it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. Netflix, you know, and I believe in technology and uh, capturing that buyer really early in the process and not doing it. But if you want to be Blockbuster, stay with
0: it. Yeah. It's fine right. with me. Okay. Let me I transition to one thing we talked about about Zillow, you know, and their place in the marketplace. Uh, you have been a long term client of Zillow's. You and uh, you know have have had long conversations about this. and you have an interesting perspective. um just you know talk about more about what how you feel about Zillow, how you started with them, and how they uh, in our marketplace and going forward.
1: Well, um, you know I, I was you know kind of against Zillow in the very beginning, but what you have to if you're gonna talk about Zillow or any of these online, lead generation companies, you you have to go way back. And that's what, you know, and I hear people talking about now, they really don't understand what happened. But prior to, I'm guessing it's 2008, Mm -hmm. uh, realtors didn't have what they do now. And it's called broker reciprocity. In other words, in 2005, if I had a listing and I worked for Caldwell Banker, uh, if you worked at Remax, you couldn't advertise my listing on your website, mm-hmm. and so the realtors got together and they started saying, "Hey, we should be able to share this information, so I could have a website, Remax.com, and you know, Joe Blow Realty, and and we could we could use IDX and we could share each other's data." And and I was perfectly fine with that. And as a listing agent back then, uh, I was fine with sharing the data with realtors. Well, realtors were being lobbied in the, in, the back, in, the, in, the, in the back end with the president at the time and other people from NAR by third-party companies, and one of them turned out to be Zillow. And they wanted access to that data, and they understood really what realtors, the, the ordinary average Joe on the street in the trenches selling houses, didn't understand, that that data was very important and very valuable. And so Realtors made a deal and allowed MLSs to sell the data. And that's how Zillow was was formed. And Zillow, you know, I knew when it happened, they weren't going to go away. Uh, Looking back on it, I mean, I was against it. uh, But looking back on it now, um, if you weren't able to share data, you wouldn't have half the Realtors in real estate, right? So Mm -hmm. I figured out a way to uh, use them and other lead sources to, to get, you can call them leads. I call them contacts. I think it's the same as you putting an ad out in the newspaper. It's just more effective. Yeah. And certain markets it works and certain markets it doesn't. And certain agents are able to work those types of contacts and turn them into the business. And some people aren't. But you know, it's real simple math. If you give me $20 mm-hmm. and I give you back 40. How often are you going to keep doing that?
0: As many times as I can.
1: Well, if you're not doing that, then, you know, you need to learn how to work a calculator, number one. And number two, you need to get with the times because, you know, like I said before, keep being Mr. Blockbuster. You yeah. know, the, the fact is that's where buyers are and that's where sellers are. They're online. They're not going to pick up the phone and call a realtor, even if they know one. hmm. They're not. They're going to go online and start www.and and they're going to find somebody, and they're going to keep doing it until they meet a, a good salesperson, someone who's professional and they can they they feel comfortable with. It, and they're going to look at houses. So that's that's what I built my business around. And when Zillow came out with the app, I think it was 2012 or 13. Uh, that's that to me was a sign call, and I called my rep. I was advertising a little bit, I did a little bit, you know. Two $300 a month. I was probably getting 15 leads a month at that time. Ooh, those are the days. Now, $200 a month. That gets one, the phone to ring once, you know, nowadays. But uh, I just started buying, buying it and building, you know. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: well, there here we go. are. Here we are. Well, um, so as far as yeah, you know, we've had a challenging you know 2022. Basically, uh, rates basically doubled um, from the three to the sevens. You know, there we're we're trending downward, so it's it caused a lot of uh, buyer demand to come out of the market. You know, so I think we've absorbed that. So, what what is your outlook for 2023 and going forward for here in Florida and Port St. Lucie and as well as nationally? Well,
1: you know, without uh, trying to make predictions, which You know, I don't like to do, um, but, you know, I do have an opinion. So, um, look, there's a lot of talk out there and people are talking. The the word they're throwing around right now is shift. Well, I don't really think the market is shifting. You know, people that are saying that, that they might be driving a Sentra and wearing Payless shoes. You know, the market's not shifting. The market is transitioning from probably, well, definitely the most extreme momentum-based seller's market that I've ever seen and, and probably the world has ever seen. And it was driven by panic, fear, and extremely low interest rates. So the increase in values was was largely driven by that. And especially in this market where, you know, wages didn't go up, um, Mm -hmm. demand went up, interest rates went down and it made things a lot more affordable. So what's going on now? You're going to have a transition when you're coming from that type of extreme market to whatever market we're heading into. You can call it a buyer's market, a normal market, you know, whatever. There's going to be pain in that. That's the market that you really never want to be in. That, that was 2007. And 2007 was a dark, lot darker and I'm not comparing the two as say. far as in severity. Mm-hmm. But I'm comparing the two as in they're similar. That, that period of time when we are coming from that extreme momentum-based seller's market and transitioning into something else, <clears throat> you just got a new convertible You're in Fort Pierce on Indian River Drive. The tide was in and then it went out and now you're driving and you're you're driving down Indian River Drive. And What's that smell? Well, that's where we're in. That's what we're in. We don't know if the tide's already gone out, if it's halfway out, if it's coming back in. We really don't know, but it's going to affect things. It's going to affect, number one, first and foremost, the buyer's ability to afford the local prices. Mm -hmm. which we're seeing that now it's going to affect uh, the seller's ability to sell at prices that they thought their house was worth and at prices that their neighbor got, you know, six months ago or eight months ago or 10 months ago. And it's going to affect agents, realtors, title companies, mortgage brokers, and everybody else. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to have to find our way through it. So you're asking them outlook short term. You see it. That's the outlook. I think the saving grace is pure demand uh, and low inventory. Uh, And then you also have another saving grace is builders. Builders Mm -hmm. are being very aggressive. They don't cut grass, mow lawns, pay electric bills very long. They they reduce their prices. And so, you know, I think that, uh, you know, buyers and sellers, you know, are going to have to come to a realization that buyers are going to have to pay a little bit more. Sellers are going to have to pay a little bit less. And hopefully everything works out in the wash, you know, but we're going to have some pain points for realtors. And if there's a bunch of realtors
0: on here watching. Yeah. You, that was my next question. Like, well, how do you recommend realtors new and old adjust to this market?
1: They're going to have to adapt. Um, <clears throat> if you, if you, and you know, join it as a real estate professional in the last two years, you probably don't understand, you know, you know, what you really need to do. I think that the people have been around a while and have a good book of business. They're going to thrive. <clears throat> I think that what happened last time and that more extreme, and that's another reason that I love the Remax brand so much is is the mar- whatever market you want to call it, whether it's a seller's market or, or a, a normal market that we're moving into or even a buyer's market. When the market changes that dramatically, mm-hmm people run to what they know and they trust. And they're going to run to brands. They're going to run to people who know what they're doing. And that's whatever market, I'm going to call it an expert-based market. So you're really going to need to know what you're doing. You're going to need to work with the right professionals on the mortgage side. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going to need to work with the right brokers, the right brokers. And, And brokers have a lot of Responsibility nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, brokers are highly responsible for why we're here, where we're at, mm-hmm. and so um, they need to reinvest in their people. They need to go back and retrain and retain, and and make sure that their agents know what to do. They need to provide lead sources again. They mm-hmm. need to teach them how to generate leads, and uh, they need to they when they get that customer in front of them, they have to put. They have to. They have to close the deal. We had a. We had a customer just the other week. Call. They actually called me on Saturday, and he said, "I have been. We're looking to buy a house. We have friends that lived here, and they purchased their house ten years ago with you. And we have been looking for two days. Spent four hours and sh- and saw three houses. Three houses. The agent didn't know their way around. Couldn't get in the gate in one place." Uh, two places went under contract, and then the one house that they really actually liked, uh, they were not able to get in touch with them to make an offer the next morning.
0: And this is a local and, realtor? Uh, I, local, I
1: know. Local, local. Local realtor, and um, uh, I, I asked them to just come in the office, and we'd take a look. By the way, they wanted a pool home for under 350000 Good luck and the first thing he says is, don't tell me they're not out there. I know they are well, I said, you bring a list and I'll have a list. I showed him five houses, wrote them up full price on a $430,000 house, pending inspections and everything. Because in, in two hours, this guy was educated about the market. And that's where we need to, we, we need to be. Agents, you're going to have to be better. You're going to have to be better you better be working with an office that has a lot of listings and you, you better be working on weekends, seven days a week, learning all you can and then, you know, become an expert. That's my advice.
0: Well, very good. Very good. So uh, you, you're obviously very big on training. And I know, uh, you know, during our interview right afterwards, you had a business painting class for any realtor, not just your realtors, like every realtor. So basically you're uh, inviting folks to your, your now a new training center uh, can you tell us a, a little bit about that and training?
1: We are. We're doing it. It's something I've always done uh, for my team and for uh, people that worked at, You know, anybody that really wanted to come and join, we just didn't really put it out there that much. But uh, we business planning is, is really where it starts. And um, we've had uh, three of them so far, co- over 20 people come to those uh, business planning events. I think they're vital. Uh, it's funny cause I get the same questions that a lot of them. Um, like what? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> should I form a corporation? Uh, I have a corporation, what do I do? You know, we get a lot of that. Mm. Um, can I really save money? And uh, I mean, you get a lot Where where can I, what's a, for, where's an affordable lead source, you know, you get mm-hmm. a lot of that. And, and, and then they also uh, ask a lot of questions regarding their budget. You know, do they, do they really need to spend money on marketing? That's a, that's a real big one. But yeah, so the business planning is, is vital. And just with a business plan, if someone can really uh, go with a detailed business plan that we, that we use, it's, it's really vital to their success. Absolutely. You treat your business like a business.
0: I So what are some of the lead sources you're recommending in your classes and how to market?
1: Well, you know, beyond the obvious, mm-hmm. uh, your sphere, number one, if you have a sphere, uh, you really need to work that. I don't think that people work their sphere enough. Uh, we do. Um, and we, we don't do it enough, but, but we do that. So you need to retarget your sphere. There's some technology out there that can help you do that. Um, and then you really need to be online. You need to be that, you know, there's. There's many free companies that you can sign up for and get referrals. There's many of them. Mm-hmm. I have a whole list of them when I give out. I mean, you know, brokers give out Op City Leads. There's there's other ones. So I would, I would, I would suggest that agents get involved in that, but more importantly, um, new agents and agents that are even experienced, but, but they've seen their business decline. I think they need to be involved in a team. I think that that's a great place to start. Find someone who's very successful. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. If you don't have the money to, to spend on it or to try to change something, get with someone that's that's doing pretty good and has the, 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 uh, the ability to provide those leads to keep your business going and learn. We have an agent that works for me. Who's uh, two years in the business. He sold 115 houses, you know, two years in the business. He's, he's uh, dominating that. So if you get on with the right uh, team Mm -hmm. or if you're a team leader and you're in the right, you know, lead source, you know, get into that, find, find your niche. You know, find your niche. And it doesn't have to be online leads. It can be postcard marketing, any type of marketing. But now, this market, you're going to have to spend money. You yeah. are. And uh, it could be a little, it could be a lot.
0: Yeah. Just, just by doing you know, a content and awareness, because that's where people are. You know, I always say, you know, this is the new television right here. You know, so how are you showing up on that, you know, in the different platforms, which are free?
1: Yeah. So, you know, social media is great, but, you know, look at your friends list. If you have 500 friends and 400 of them are realtors, you know, how much are you really doing? Are you just showing off to other realtors? Because, yep. you know, that's, you look like a fool, you know, go out and, and create a business page and, and market it all you want on social media and get thousands and thousands and thousands of followers or grow your followers on your pro- professional page, which you can go up to on Facebook. Uh, you know, Mm 5,000 probably start, you know, getting rid of all the realtors on there and and stuff like that. I've got 14,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we, we do some business off for social media, but you're going to have to build
0: there. Whatever
1: you're going to do, you're going to have to build it.
0: Definitely going to put in the work for sure. And there's different ways well, uh, anybody here on the uh, on the recording here, if you want to ask a question, you can go ahead and, and ask in the chat. But I think we covered a lot of the bases. Thanks for thanks for that, Richard. Well, I don't have any anyone asking questions. I'm sure there'll be folks making comments in the uh, Facebook group. If you have any any uh, closing uh, thoughts, questions for, for realtors that you're talking to, the real estate industry, everything.
1: No, you know, I would say, um, you know, if you're in real estate now, uh, I would I would go back to the very basics of this business. Um, I'd start with your mindset and take personal Man. responsibility for everything that you're doing from the minute you wake up to the minute that you uh, go to bed. I take personal responsibility. I would uh, work on a routine for the business. Um, and if you, I'm not saying beat yourself up, but if you have a customer and they're not buying, you need to take a good, hard look at yourself. If they're not listing their house with you and if they're not buying from you, you're going to have to take a good look at yourself and, and say, what, what do I need to learn? Where do I need to get better? better? Where did I mess up? I'd start right there. And then beyond that, I'd find a really good mentor. And uh, it could be a team. It could be a broker. It could be a friend that's in the business that's successful. And I would look at those people as someone that you can learn from and and or grow with. I'm a big believer in the team concept. And, you know, when I'm open this Remax office, I'm not really a uh, branding my team. We have a team. I still have a team here, but I'm I'm looking to grow other people um outside of that. I'd love for my team members to branch off on their own. Uh, that's that's a separate story. But if you're new in the business, I'd find a team. And it doesn't have to be a remax. It can be with anywhere, but find somebody who's very successful that is doing it. And I, <laughs> there's a lot of people that claim to be teams out there. They don't have any listings and no marketing. That's not a team. hmm that's not a team. If, if they're not selling 50, 60 houses a year, they can call themselves a team. They're not a team. I'm sorry. You need to get someone who's doing that 20, 30, 40, 50 million a year that's wanting to grow and grow in the right way and with big goals. And that's where you're really going to learn is to do that volume. That's the recommendation. If you're a seasoned agent, I'd keep doing what you're doing. I, I reach your sphere weekly, and you can call. That's one. That's one call that I would make. And that's mm-hmm. what I really do is pick up the phone and call my sphere almost every day between yeah. nine and ten thirty. That's it. Call your sphere. Well, cool.
0: Well, Richard, uh, that was a, a value packed, uh, half an hour that uh, flew by. Um, I wanted to, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, and, uh, just wanted to, you know, I'll see you out there. Hopefully we can, uh, work on some more business together this year. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and good luck. Appreciate you guys tuning
1: in. If I can ever be of assistance, pick up the phone and call. I'm an open book.
0: Roger, Roger. Thanks. Bye, right, buddy. All
1: right.